1: To another episode of the world's team on blocking the boys network in partnership with SB Nation I am Meg Murray and I am joined by Paul Stewart hey Paul how's it going
2: pretty good pretty good I'm pretty excited it's almost football for today against the commandos and I'm pretty happy yeah
1: yeah they uh, did you a solid and decided to do a noon kickoff over in the state so that's a oh, pretty, yes. pretty good game for you
2: very, very happy for the first time so far this season. I can actually watch football at a respectable time here in the UK. So, here in the UK, it's going to be a six PM kickoff, which is obviously twelve uh, PM, that, that, well midday Central time. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm happy. All the people in Europe are happy because it'll be like eight eight PM their time. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty I ha- happy.
1: Tuesday morning viewing the other day.
2: Yeah, I was pretty much dead to the world on Tuesday. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I was literally like Night of the Living Dead, uh, going to my uh, going to work and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was um, not fun. Kept falling asleep most uh, throughout the whole day.
1: Was it worth it?
2: Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> like anything for a Cowboys victory is always worth it.
1: There you go. All right, well, we're looking for one of those this week. So let's just kind of look at how that landscape looks um, going into uh, tomorrow. We have, notably, I would say, I think the most notable thing is that we're getting Michael Gallup back at wide receiver.
2: Yep, so I believe uh, yeah he was, God, I just had their injury report right there. There we go. Yeah, so he had full practice uh, all week on wednesday thursday and friday um the same game status is still not being determined yet but it is very likely he will feature in this game
1: i think this is a really good game for him to come back um mm-hmm. especially like it's it's an opponent we know um and also just the fact that they're not their defense isn't scare us as much as others um and we're able to bring him in on a snap count that like could you know potentially keep him get him back in the groove as we go into like facing the rams and the eagles upcoming
2: yeah i mean yeah i mean it's i think gallops like i think we were kind of before we started record and it's like like we need to have our expectations with Gallup like we don't want to kind of like throw him into the wheels and make him play the whole game type of thing, but I think he will kind of contribute um like greatly. Like he'll definitely give Cooper Rush more options going into this game and give Kellen more and more flexibility what to do with the offense. So in a way I'm excited, but I just don't think we just need to expect too much from Gallup in this game.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I think you mentioned like twenty to twenty five snaps would be like kind of where you'd have him at. And- yeah,
2: like and, and the same kind of goes for offensive lineman Jason Peters. Um, right. ob- um Same for him because obviously last week uh, Jason Peters made his debut and pretty much immediately made an instant impact, making a beautiful inside block, opening the gap for between him and Tyra Smith uh, for uh, a Tony Pollard. No, was it was t- no, it was Ezekiel Elliott, I believe it was. I can't remember, it was, it was one of the running backs, it was one of the we're in the run plays anyway, but but, uh, but it, it was an instant impact, and Jason Peters looked really, really comfortable in the pass protection and stuff like that as well, and yeah, it was quite good, but I think we're expect to see more reps for uh, Mr. Peters coming into this game as the season progresses, and from, yeah, like, for Mr.
1: This is a good ramp-up game for um, Peters. And then, yeah, just getting Gallup back in the groove. I feel like this is the perfect one for him. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be good. Yep,
2: yeah, definitely.
1: Yep, yeah, and then so, I mean, of note, um, we're looking at Jaron Curse was limited. Um, Demarcus Lawrence was limited. Mac- Connor McGovern was limited. And then, obviously... Dak Prescott did not practice, and Dalton Schultz is limited. We're, I'm looking yeah. at likely, you think D-Law will start this game?
2: Yeah, like you mentioned he was limited. So he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, yeah. but he did have a full practice on right. Friday there. So um, I, I think one of the, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but basically one of the reports says he's like, yeah, he's kind of struggling with his foot a little bit, but, and he did participate in full practice, but they are expecting him to be, Ready to go regardless, like he's ready to go against uh Washington. And uh, other than
1: that, I think we'll probably see Curse will be out, Government McGovern will be out, and yep. Schultz will be out. And obviously, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. so yeah, so Curse, McGovern, and Schultz are, are definitely questionable, but IG, like for the, especially what's been going on in throughout the NFL, I think it's probably better safe and sorry not to feature those players because obviously not to kind of bring other teams into the discussion, but the whole uh, Tua to, to concussions scenario with thing, I think it's just been terrible how that's been handled. But for, for likes of our players, I think it's just better being safe and sorry and make, and just make sure they're fully recovered.
1: No, I definitely agree. I mean, the Tua thing, I think, reaches every team in a way. Um, just the way that was handled and, you know...
2: He should never, like, like me as a fan, just seen that. Like, he should never have been on that field. And no, and he he picked up a nasty concussion in that game. Um,
1: on Sunday, and then this he, he, game on was Sunday, Thursday.
2: then then he was playing Thursday night, and it was just horrible to watch. So, and, and especially when it comes to the NFL, we're, we're always trying to improve player safety and try and improve the longevity of these players' careers and after football as well. And that is not doing anyone any favors. So, for like, it um, doesn't matter if it's concussion or a broken hand and stuff like that. So, say, for example, when it comes to Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. as long as Cooper Rush is doing his job, keep him in by yeah. all means. I don't want that to come back anytime sooner than what he is uh, fully ready like, he's t- until he's fully ready, until the hand's properly healed up. If you bring him in too soon, it might actually make it even worse. So, I'm definitely full-on full about player safety, end of.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point, though, is that Coop that's why it's so great that Cooper Rush is doing a great job yeah. at being the backup quarterback, and that's what you want because <clears throat> you don't want to have to rush someone back and, like, force an injury again. And that's the thing. And does Bryant made a good point about this, and he was like, he had a comment, from somebody that said well you always wanted to play like when you were injured and stuff too and he was like of course i did like obviously all the players are going to want to play but like that's That's where you kind of have to step in and tell them i'm sorry no you can't and he's like i I would have listened to some of that advice back when i was playing
2: yeah absolutely like any player if you're a starter or a backup, you, no matter what, you have that player mentality. You want to go in and ball out regardless. That. And and Dez is a really good example of that. Like, rega- Even like if he was struggling with any type of lingering injury, he would still want to be on that field because he still feels and have that confidence to think he can still do his job, and rightly so. But end of the day, it's down to the medical staff to oversee. If they don't feel he's up to that, like... If there's any risk factors to make things worse, don't make them play. It's as simple as that. And and unfortunately for like some Miami, they did not do their job in, in, in regards to that.
1: Yeah, and and that's one of those things when um when you're looking at teams like you know the commanders, you mm-hmm. obviously <clears throat> we kind of talked about this earlier. Carson Wentz was sacked
2: nine times last week versus the Eagles. Nine times by the defensive front of the Eagles. So so that makes the Eagles now the third uh, they're now ranked number three in terms of sack count. The Cowboys are now uh, are top number one with 13 and the Buffalo Bills are no sorry Cowboys Cowboys are first I think the Eagles are second then it's Buffalo in terms of sack numbers yeah that's NLP, what
1: look at us who would have thought
2: I not know. me yep
1: but yeah so i mean going into this week you know um <laughs> being sacked nine times by the eagles um and you're coming to you know down to texas and you're gonna be against the number one uh in sacks the dallas cowboys um i hope uh Carson Wentz will be okay <laughs> because yeah. that, that defense is coming right at him. That's absolutely
2: for sure. and uh, just to kind of uh, just to push the narrative here is like the Cowboys have an opportunity to actually be the number one pass rush defense if depending on the performance they do against the Commanders, because in terms of pass rush grading, um, the Buffalo Bills are right number one right now. Then it's the Cowboys. Then it's the Eagles. Um, so it's it's a wee topsy-turvy of those top three teams there in terms of the pass rush and sack numbers. So, But hopefully, uh, like how we saw DeMarcus Lawrence play against the Giants, and hopefully Micah Parsons will be fully recovered after obviously had that cold against the Giants, he'll be back up to full 100% fitness in terms of, like, there's nothing kind of making him feel lethargic or anything like that. So he'll be all good to go. And he'll be, and plus this will be Micah Parsons' first ever game against Carson Wentz because obviously um, last season uh, Wentz was with the Indianapolis Colts, and we didn't we did not play them last year at all. So this is going to be a brand new experience for Carson Wentz meeting Micah Parsons for the first time.
1: Yeah. Um i'm sorry for this man is all i have to say about that um <laughs>
2: pray for Wentz. Wait, well yeah. really not really not really but mm. you know what i mean
1: i mean we but, don't want him to get injured but yeah i, yeah. Do, I would like to see him meet the turf a couple times i won't lie yeah
2: um. <laughs> so there is a there is a great photograph of him like um him getting sacked by during the Eagles game and he just looks so bemused it's it just like really i'm getting sacked again like that was that, that was like the, the actual uh, expression on his face. He just looks so not want to be there.
1: <laughs> do we think that uh, Dorrance Armstrong can recreate the um, photo of Randy Gregory and Taylor Heineke with uh, Carson Wentz this year?
2: Oh, that's a good show, actually.
1: <laughs> I need I, him to I, get I, his smirk on when he gets when he gets him down on the ground.
2: I think it might be. I think it might be more deal. It may actually do that, to be mm-hmm. fair. But, but I can see yeah. him
1: taking that spot. We need we need another meme in this uh in the Cowboys Nation.
2: Yeah, Sorry. we do. We do.
1: <laughs> but um back to Carson Wentz. I mean, we have um, I mean, we haven't seen him in a hot minute, but um, you know, he is one of those quarterbacks, much like Jones, that's able to, you know, make a run for it. Um, and we did have a little bit of an issue. <clears throat> um stopping him from doing that last week. Not that it really, you know, made too much of a difference. Um, but how do you see that? Like, do you feel like the defense has that kind of in their the back of their heads going into this week after, you know, having an issue with Jones last week?
2: Yeah. like, like the only, Yeah. So the thing is, between that, like, I kind of mentioned this last week, like, the, the defense had to watch out for Daniel Jones um, in the pocket. I – the, the problem is with Carson Wentz is he holds onto the ball way too much looking for the pass. Like, there's been opportunities for Wentz to actually move out the pocket and kind of run upfield, but Carson's not a runner in comparison to Daniel Jones. I would say, if, and this is going to sound really harsh to the commanders and Carson Wentz, he's more of a sitting duck in the pocket, if that makes sense. No, it like, doesn't. It, 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 as that's, that's that's my opinion of it I mean some people might think of it a little bit different but if you were to kind of compare the two NFC East quarterbacks and Jones and Wentz like if there's one player who can actually kind of escape the pocket and run upfield is Jones but whereas Wentz he just likes to try and stay in there and hold on to it as much as he can to find the pass and next thing you know the pockets collapse and he just gets absolutely nailed down to the ground
1: that's a really good point. I mean, okay, so he does sit around and try to find those targets. He does have quite a few of them. Um, however, they only managed to get what eighty-seven yards of offense versus the Eagles last week. Is that what you said?
2: It was eighty-seven yards in the rush uh, in the yeah. rushing department. So Antonio Gibson got thirty-eight. Carson yeah. Wentz got twenty-two rushing yards. Then there was Curtis Samuel. With, 20, uh, with 13, McKay's with 8, and Jonathan Williams with 6. In terms of their wide receiving uh, group core, uh, Terry McLaurin got 102 yards with a 17.0 oh, yeah. with a 17. 0 average. Um, Samuel, 48 yards, McKay's at 32 yards. But in terms of their total receiver yards, it was only 200 and 211 yards with an 8.4 average and 25 recorded catches. Feel so, like that's a little doable. It's winnable. Like it's yeah. it's not amazing statistics, but they're still mo- they do. They are
1: still moving around. Yeah, they're still
2: they're still moving the ball. But it really just depends on how Dan Quinn and, like I so said, defensive lineman coach Aiden Dirdi tends to line up our defense and put the pressure on this offensive line and Carson Wentz. So, and and. I think this might be the game for our secondary, like said Diggs and Brown and everybody, Hooker, to really
1: get their get
2: get their numbers up, I think, as well. Because if there's one thing about Carson Wentz is though, he tends to make interception mistakes is just as bad as Daniel Jones from time to time.
1: Yeah, as far as um, Dan Quinn goes, I just feel like, you know, watching that Eagles game, he had to have a little bit of a roadmap on to how to, you know, stop the commanders from firing. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I, I see, um, I see this game to be like pretty winnable for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say though, you know, our defense hasn't had, you know, those, the takeaways like we did last year. I think this might be a game where you see them start to get their groove back a little bit.
2: So, so here, here's the thing though. Here, here's, here's the tendency. I'm going to give you a bit of perspective on this. So, if it's not for our front seven, like our D line and our linebackers, they're actually doing all the work. Course, they're the ones that's getting all the stats and st- statistics right now. They're at all those 13 sacks, not and that kind of leaves less on numbers for likes of digs and stuff like that from takeaways and stuff like that. So it's like the more our defensive line and linebackers perform and like the run game and the pass rush, the less numbers our secondary is going to get. So I'm not particularly worried from that perspective. Like I'd be worried if our defensive front were not getting to the quarterback and he was getting the ball. That's when – you would get to see more of like said Diggs and Brown and Donovan Wilson making plays in the backfield. So I think there's just like there's a if once if one part of that defense is doing good, then you expect to see that number of the other half to go down, and vice versa.
1: No, you're hundred percent right. I mean, that's that's exactly right. I I just I just feel like you know. With his affinity for trying to, you know, sit back and throw, that there's he's gonna have a misstep, and I think that's where you take advantage this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking over Carson's um, overall stats so far this season under the three games he's played. So he's seven touchdowns and three interceptions, and he's been. And here's the most interesting part: he is joint top with Joe uh, Burrow right now as the most sacked quarterback with 15 sacks.
1: Poor Joe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, sorry I had to bring up a issue there, I'm sorry. You've
1: gotten right the last two weeks, he'll be alright. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, let's see, looking back at, you know, the last few times Carson Wentz has played the Cowboys, I believe you said they won four and lost four.
2: Yeah, so, here, so here's an interesting thing, so over the since 2016 when Carson Wentz got drafted, um, he's won four and lost four, but if out of the four games that Carson has won against the Cowboys it always tends to be near the end of the season and and I don't know how you want to make of that if you will but my assumption of it is we've either won the division and we're resting our starters or the season's already over because we didn't qualify we didn't make the playoffs so we're given our backups uh, and our first strings to kind of get some game time to find out if it, if they're worthwhile bringing back for next season or the following season. So, so in a way, what I'm trying to say is Carson Wentz's wins against the Cowboys are pretty much voidable, really. I, that that's that's how I tend to feel um, I, about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, obviously uh, he was you know leading another team at that time, but uh, you know it was within this in the NFC East and. He's, you know, the the leader. So, let's see if we can't make that uh, what four to or five to four losses.
2: Yeah, four four wins to five losses. I was like, which
1: way do I want to put losses and wins there? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: really? Um. Okay, but I want to I want to kind of look at our side of the ball. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Noah Brown had to jump again this week. Um, yes. Great. CD had a slow start, um, if you will, and uh, managed to make up for it, you know, later in the game. How do you see this wide receiver core doing, you know, especially with, you know, Gallup coming in for a couple snaps?
2: I'm actually not as worried as I used to be. i will be perfectly honest. Um, I'm over the moon that Noah Byrne has stepped up his game so, like by tenfold pretty much a guy who was pretty much like a fifth string wide receiver is pretty much now solidified himself as pretty much at least a number three right now, at least because we don't know if Gallup is going to be 100% that same type of wide receiver we had before. But if there's one thing you can guarantee to say, he is definitely our third wide receiver in our uh, group right now. Um. That might push down um, Jalen Tober down to like fourth four strength string or whatever you want to see that foot, but intent. But the stats don't lie. I mean, he's 213 yards so far for the season, um, averaging four, 14.2 uh, per catch uh, out of 15 uh, receptions. Uh, his longest was 28 yards, and he's, and he's only scored one touchdown. But in that Giants game. The amount of calls that were never given for offensive holding or pass interference was ridiculous. So, I think if the referees did their job properly and catch that stuff, I would expect to see Noah Brown's stats to be even better. Not, but
1: yeah, that obvious pass interference was probably one of the most frustrating points of the game. Yeah. Um, it could have led to you being a little more correct on your prediction from last week, actually. But Yeah,
2: yeah. I was a wee bit annoyed about because I, I can't remember what I had. I was like 38. had
1: 38. I was like, 38. But then yeah. like they almost, if you think about it, if they hadn't if they had let us, you know, have that playback, we could have been upwards up up to thirty, if not, you know, up in there. So, yeah, and,
2: and even, like, well, and this is no diss to our offensive line, like, right. if it wasn't for the initial holding calls in the early parts of the drive, we wouldn't have settled for a field goal as well.
1: And you made a point about that on your, in your article in the trenches this week, yep. Um, you know, talking about how Tyler Smith had a uh, kind of momentum killing call.
2: Yeah, yeah. Being able
1: to, you know, he, 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 he
2: Rebounded very, very well. Um, Tyler Smith has been absolutely fantastic, I think, personally. He's done completely changed my opinion about the draft pick. When when the draft pick was made, I wasn't very sold on it. Like drafting a tackle who could have been a second rounder potentially, but we're now playing McGuard. But but hey, again, once again, Will McClay and and again, the front office, when it comes to drafting offensive linemen in the first round, they've completely um won me over once again. Because even back in the days where when we drafted Travis Frederick, a lot of people had Frederick graded as a third rounder. But he became one of the best centers in the NFL. When it came to Zach Martin, everyone wanted Johnny football at that time. I, I think it was like pick 16 or pick 17 that year in 2017. Uh no 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 twenty seventeen um I can't remember what year it was but it was when Johnny football was still about and we decided to go for Zach Martin and by God I'm so happy that we did do that now um but yeah and and I I'm kind of feeling the exact same turn of events with Tyler Smith right now so he's winning a lot of fans over so quickly I mean like I said like. In my article, he did have a couple of uh, wee hiccups at the start with the holding calls and stuff like that, but he rebounded absolutely fantastic. And when it comes to going down in the future, we don't know what we're going to do with Tyron Smith because obviously, right. is he ever going to play a full season ever again? It, like, is it worthwhile keeping them on, like, as a backup or what? Like, there's so many questions surrounding the future for him. But in terms of the future for Tyler Smith, We know he's going to be pretty much going to be our future left tackle the way how it's progressing right now.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
1: Yeah, and you know, it was kind of up in the air a little bit, not really, but like just how they were going to. Fit Peterson um, into that line. He
2: was. Yeah, I, I was generally surprised. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I was generally surprised where, because my personal thoughts was maybe move Tyler Smith back into guard because he played the majority of that position during preseason, uh, not preseason, well, yeah, preseason and training camp and OTAs. And that was the initial thing they were going to do with Tyler. And you're bringing in Hall of like future Hall of Famer and mm-hmm. uh, and Jason Peters to play left tackle, who's played that position pretty much for his whole career. Um, God knows how many years like in the NFL he's been doing it now, like it's over fi- over 15 years at least. Anyway, um, and we've just put him into guard, and by God, for those 14 snaps, he made a, an immediate impact. It was it was it was it was lovely to watch.
1: Yeah, it was almost seamless the way that he fit in there. And like I was I kind of mentioned this on Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey that um, I was watching him on the sideline and like after the plays and stuff like that, the way that he was going up to individual players and just being like, did you notice this? Did you see this? Are you looking at this?
2: Communication. He was
1: so good about that.
2: And yeah. and and I and if there's one thing I noticed a big difference was was Tyler Bayadish in that game. Yeah,
1: 100 like,
2: know, like like his level of communication with his line. Like th- there was a couple of plays where and uh, where Cooper Rush m- made the check and changed the play uh, well in the line, uh, well just before pre snap because he made a read on how where the safety was lined up and where the linebackers were lined up and and you see Tyler Bayard immediately talking to Zach Martin, turning left to um, P- Jason Peters or uh, 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 Matt Forniak to say, no, 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 block this, do this, do that. That's what we've been missing from the, the interior part of that O-line re- in recently. And, and and Tyler's stepped up a notch in terms of that. And he had a, like, I mean, you can talk about the whole PFF grades and stuff like that, but when you look at, at the, bare bones of what he did, he didn't really put a foot wrong during that game really Um,
1: and I mean it's not to say that you know he obviously Tyler's been on that line with um, veterans in the past and you know he's kind of been struggling and it's not to say that you know one game makes it but it's just interesting to see like that communication step up a little bit um, I think just think that's how he conducts himself um as a football player. And I think
2: it's inter- really interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of credit is actually down to Duke Merriweather as well. Yeah. Who, who like the offseason offensive line coach who does, yes. uh, that does a lot of work for offensive linemen all across the NFL. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of credit is down to him because even Tyler Smith went to him, uh, even Duke Merryweather even came to Dallas as well for, I think it was like a open seminar type of thing. Um, he did in Dallas, um, with, with, Several offensive linemen coming from all different teams and colleges to be part of this to learn and just build their craft pretty much. And we are seeing, like, don't get me wrong, there's still, like, if you talk about, like, the Bucks game, yeah, there's still nicks and crannies, like, still need to be fixed, but we're seeing steady progression of getting better each week now from the offensive line. Um, But yeah, it's, it's it's quite it, it for, what used to be a, a big worry the fact that we lost Ty, Ty, Tyron Tyrant Smith like I'm still I'm I'm still kind of on the fence a little bit but week by week I'm feeling more okay I'm not as worried as I really like I wasn't as extremely worried as I was before
1: right and I mean you know just watching this it's it's really interesting you know I feel like the start of the year they just this team kind of just got punched in the mouth and it's because they were playing such a good defense um so the fact that they were able to you know recover and like improve the way that they have um you know it really affords like cooper rush the um, ability to you know do his job better also the way that he was like throwing that ball last game like he was taking those long shots, and honestly, I don't think that uh, the wide receivers were expecting that.
2: Yeah, I mean, because we always kind of expect Cooper to be the more. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going. I'm not using this as a comparison, but do what Tom Brady does: to look for the short to medium range passes. Sure. Like, like it, you're not expecting to go like Safety go down. Net. Yeah, 50, 50 plus yard passes yeah. or anything like that. Like trying to keep it nice and short and simple and get the ball out quick, type right. of scenario. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, rush is definitely improving, he's definitely been a, a really good backup. And that I mean, let me not forget, like, um, 32 teams passed up on him, they, yeah. they, could, have picked, they could have picked him up because obviously we didn't put him into the 53 man squad Mm -hmm. originally and we brought him back in so it's like he's actually really turned things around for us but i do want to kind of highlight it's like i do i'm not happy with how the media are perceiving this Yeah. yeah and and i know how you feel about it it just kind of feels like the media are going just basically out there to troll the cowboys fans right now Mm-hmm. Like saying, "Oh, Rush is better than Dak. He's undefeated." Like trying for these, like right. it's, free, it's free games. He's not thrown over. Like, like don't get me wrong. Rush is doing a great job, but
1: he's doing a great job.
2: Yeah, there's a big difference here. Big, big, big difference. There's a reason why Dak's been paid all this money. Who had over what four thousand yards last season with thirty-seven touchdowns last year? That's that's a starting quarterback's caliber of like statistics there. So.
1: No, it really is, and I think okay. So Jay Tuck um, actually—if you don't follow him, you need to. He's been on with with Paul before, Um, but you know, people are just saying you know stuff about. I'm not impressed with Dak's inability to win games like close, and he's Cooper's getting rid of the ball faster, whatever. He his point was, he said just FYI, Dak ranked fifth in 2021. With 92 tight window completions, which means less than one yard separation at 38 point, 34.8%, with the national average being 34%. And I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you may be new to this community, but we speak context over emotional BS. And I was like, yes, Jay Tuck, that's what's up. Yes. Zach has like these crazy abilities, and I feel like people just ignore them just because of like
2: who he plays for right it's as simple as that it's because he plays for Dallas he plays for the Cowboys like
1: well and it's like you expect him to hit these these throws and stuff like that
2: well well, here's the thing let's put this in a different conversation if you if you were to see Dak Presto playing for a different team that's not named the Dallas Cowboys you'd be up in arms you would be talking oh he's like Patrick Mahomes-esque or something like that that, or he's like he could be the next best thing like like they're talking about, like, so like, oh, like, Dak and Lamar Jackson or something like that. Like, it'd be crazy talks about how good he is and stuff. But no, it it does. It right. always seems to be like trolling press coverage when it comes to Dak and the Cowboys, pretty much.
1: And it's always just like, what have you done for me lately? Like his, you know, obviously he had a bad game against the Bucks. The Bucks have a yeah. defense. Like, it's not that surprising <laughs> to me that he was struggling. Yeah.
2: Like, like, like I'm, I'm, and not just that. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not mad about it. Like, I, yeah, if, like
1: I, he, I think he would have had a great get right game the following week. Looking oh, at yeah, the oh, absolutely. Could you, yeah,
2: could you imagine what we yeah. did to the if we did? What we did a uh, we do to the Bengals if that was playing, and not to mention the Giants. You were talking about more, oh, yeah, point, more, more points in the board. 38 easily. would have
1: been easy,
2: yeah, f- yeah. F- well, 38, f- I'm going for 50 border on that occasion,
1: yeah. And I'll, I'll take um Dave's uh comparison and just kind of rework it a little bit. He uh, you're
2: talking about Ed, our good friend Dave Hellman, yes, yeah. Dave
1: Hellman. Yeah. He said on on speak, he said. Well, I won't say what he said. I will take half of what he said and change the rest <laughs> of it. But um, he said Dak is like a Ferrari, and Cooper Rush is more like a Toyota Camry. Dependable, gets a job done, great mileage. Um, he's there when you need him. But like yeah. you want, I want that Ferrari back when it's out of the shop. Is all I'm saying. I want to. Yeah. I want to let her rip.
2: It's a it's an interesting way of kind of describing it, but yeah, it works in a way like yeah. yeah like you you do want a reliable car when when you need it. Absolutely. You don't want one that's going to break down and actually fall apart under pressure. So
1: <laughs> Yep, it can only go so far, but yes. Um I, yeah, I think we both agree on this and, you know, the Cowboys fans that, you know, are paying attention closely do know that stuff. So it's, we do, obviously it's easy to get triggered by the media and the talk around that, and that's kind of yeah. why they do that. And that's why Jerry feeds into it, because then people talk about it more. And then he just like lines his pockets. So as long as we're all just just taking a step back and realizing that's what's happening, I think we're all going to be okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, especially when it comes to this Washington defense, I'm, I'm feeling okay about it. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers just now. Um, eight. the the total sack count so far is only eight. Um, with uh, Jermaine Davis, the linebacker, with three sacks. Uh, defensive tackle D- Darren Payne, he's got two. James Smith Williams, defensive end, got one. Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle, got one. And former Dallas Cowboy F.A. Obada, mm-hmm. um, is got one as well. Um, so that's your sack count for them. Um, in terms of like sort of t- total tackles um, it's they've got like 198 total tackles combined that's your assists and solos whereas the Cowboys they've got a total of 196 so it's kind of in the same type of ballpark so I'm kind of a wee bit skeptical when it comes to the run defense because their run defense, their run defense uh, was actually quite impressive because they managed to held down um, the Philadelphia Eagles to only 72 yards. And we know Jalen Hurts, uh, the quarterback yeah, for the Eagles, yeah. is, can be a running type of uh, type of quarterback. So for, for Washington to isolate the Eagles like that, it's actually like, it's something to be, be kind of aware of and we can't take hey. this, their defensive front lightly. And also just to mention as well, they are missing Chase Young, and uh, Fontes, Sweat. I think they're mm-hmm. the two, they're two star defensive ends, they're That's not going, they're not going to feature. So, um, but yet their defensive front are still pretty. Uh, from the run game, we just need to be very careful when it comes to what we do, things and try and not do anything too fancy. So it'll yeah. be interesting I to see. So be, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say it's going to be a really good test. I mm-hmm. think for our o line this game. Um, against a a defense that's kind of been a wee bit slightly underestimated a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to look past the commanders in any way here. Like, they do have, you know, solid uh, offensive weapons, and they do have a decent defense. It's, I mean, they are missing key factors on both ends. Um, But the way that um, Kellen's been able to at least, you know, put out some uh, product that like that Cooper rush can manage and manage well um, it's good and the fact that the O-line is able to you know let the run game kind of get going in any capacity is just an improvement in itself so I, I don't know how do you see that them faring starting um, you know Zeke and Pollard up against that?
2: I mean, I'm loving this one two punch combination they're doing right now. Like, I, like I'm like, i one of these Cowboys fans. As long as we're getting a, we're moving the ball upfield, I don't care what the Sally or the preference of your running back is. Like, right. like I'm happy that we're, we can use Zeke and Tony in a way where we are actually are moving the ball upfield. And we're seeing that right now. Like, there will be. there will be some of our fan base there'll be a wee bit upset Zeke's not getting the ball as much he's being paid all this money but you need to kind of remember as well was like if out of the pass protection side of things like in terms of the passing game you would want Ezekiel Elliott to be in there to help with the additional blocking side of things compared to to Tony Pollard and we kind of saw that early on where Tony Pollard did struggle a little bit uh, with a a, a pass block so um, but yeah but in terms of like if you're trying to do something more speed based, Tony Pollard's guy. If you're trying to actually run, uh, get those dirty yards, put uh, linebackers on their butt, then Zeke's your guy. He's going yeah. to truck, truck them down. So it's like it's literally a, a nice combination we've got right now. And it was
1: it actually it. funny. I don't know if you heard on your like you obviously you get Troy in them when you're listening to games too, but he uh, he kept saying that zeke is not a physical back
2: i disagree He was
1: like what are you talking about
2: i did i i don't yeah i disagree with that.
1: same
2: game Like he was zeke, extremely
1: physical that last game especially
2: oh absolutely like he's a he's a powerful runner he's, he's like what? if you try and tackle him his feet still gonna move Whereas if you tackle Tony Pollard, he will go down a lot more easier. That's the difference. So that comes to show how much brute strength that Zeke has as a runner,
1: and he really does have a lot of brute strength. He's gotten a lot stronger this year too. And I just yeah. I think that people get so lost in the "we're paying him so much" thing. Like, can we focus on the fact that they are that they need each other? Those two right now in this. <laughs>
2: I think we're the probably the only fan base where if even if we were to win the Super Bowl this year and Zeke was to get under one thousand yards, they would still moan about that. Yeah, I, I'd be like, "Come on, we just won."
1: <laughs> exactly. They'd be like, "Okay, now when are we getting rid of Zeke?" I'm like, "Okay, can you just let's focus on the fact that, you, like you said, one-two punch. They, yep. they, they go the way each other goes. How about that? Like when you're talking about the offense, they were saying." Offense goes the way Zeke goes. I think they feed off of each other and they need each other. And the fact that, um, like, if you can get Zeke to like power through something and then they're focusing on him and they just like send it out to Tony and he gets those like chunk yards, like that's great.
2: Yeah. And that's there's funny. been, I mean, there's been scenarios where we've actually had both mm-hmm. of them on at the same time where, yeah. and it's like that would be a, a big, massive confusion for defense is like okay is he going to be even one of them and some
1: are they sending him out like
2: and and some scenarios they don't even get the ball at all cooper mush cooper rush will probably end up throwing it down the middle to the tight end who it will probably would be like jade ferguson or peyton hendershot this game perhaps
1: yeah hendershot had a
2: uh oh he had a beautiful uh, uh, it, it was reception. rough
1: for a hot second because he got that penalty but
2: after yeah. that
1: He just, he didn't, uh, he was a goldfish. He didn't let that affect
2: him. No, he was quite composed. I was quite impressed with the shot. So, I mean, that was like a 29-yard reception. Uh, So in that last game there, he got, sorry. Yeah, that was a 29-long reception there. So, but so far, the total of the season, he's got 43 yards. So that was pretty much his best play without, so far, since being a Cowboy so far.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. I, I loved seeing that. But um, let's kind of veer over to the other side of the ball real quick because you had an article that came out today um, titled, Cowboys defensive line could take the top spot in pass rushing this weekend. We kind of touched on it, yep. but uh, give us the spiel.
2: Yeah, so the article is pretty much um, the Dallas Cowboys do have a, an opportunity to overthrow in the, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills in the top spot in the pass rush department. So as it stands right now, the Buffalo Bills are ranked number one through um, multiple sources, uh, like PFF and uh, like NFL.com and stuff like that. So, um, But Dallas are pretty much like on average between second and third in multiple sources, um, But uh, and the Eagles are kind of in amongst that as well. Um, but uh, the way how things are going right now, um, the, the Cowboys have a good opportunity to kind of, become top dogs of the NFL in terms of the pass rush. Uh, and just even just to kind of add more numbers in that equation, the Cowboys do lead in terms of the sack numbers right now with 13. Then it's the Eagles with 12. Uh, with twelve, And uh, the Buffalo Bills are third with 11.
1: And you said, uh, Micah Parsons himself is this is second in the sack leader race? Is that right? Yeah,
2: he's tied second, um, behind linebacker from Pittsburgh. I can't remember his name top of my head. I think it's like Hightower or something I can't remember. But, um, but uh, it's only a half a sack difference, so he's joint second with a few other names out there in the NFL. Um, but with him being unable to get to Daniel Jones on last week there um expect more from Parsons this game because remember he did he was suffer- he, he, he'll be more hungry for it he was suffering from that cold so he could have been still a little bit lethargic even though Parsons still caused a lot of disruption in that offensive line for the Giants pancaking um they had low put him in his back put him on his butt and still got to Daniel Jones for a QB hit at the same process which was yeah. quite impressive um, but in terms of the sack Karen it didn't really matter like but in that game, because we like D Law got there, we won the game, and Daniel Jones was just uh yeah, he, he had a torrid time against our defense. But for this game against Carson Wentz, I, if I was Micah Parsons right now, I'd be like feasting on this opportunity.
1: He may be drooling a little bit. He's like, Let me back there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I can I like I I expect this to be a really Really, um, stand up performance for our defensive front. Um, just from just from the pass rush, like even from like Sir Donovan Wilson running down to the actual line as well, from the safety position and stuff like that as well. LVE, I, I, like LVE, seems to be one of those guys. That, like he didn't really have the best of games against the Giants, but he's been one of those quiet people where he's doing his job. Like like his tackle counts stacking up he's not really putting much of a foot wrong in most places but I, I just think from general from overall from the defensive front to, to the linebackers and even our secondary like the whole default let's just say the whole defense mm-hmm. expect big expect big things because I can definitely see interceptions getting thrown and I can definitely see sacks getting thrown uh happening.
1: Yeah I mean talk about a uh, game for D law last week I think he really, number one, he has always said that he loves to feast on a uh, Giants quarterback. So to see him get back there quite a few times was, was fun. Yeah,
2: like he, he, he mm-hmm. definitely um, made a promise and he delivered in that statement uh, before the game last week. And, yeah, like, he looked fantastic. He made uh, rookie Evan Neal like an actual rookie. He really took yeah. him to school in that whole game. Like and the thing is, like the Marcus Lawrence didn't had to beat him for speed. It was just pure technique, like his hands, like hand placement. He just completely just made easy work on Evan Neal and got to Daniel Jones in three occasions. But it should have been more than that. It could have been at least six. No, sorry, at least five sacks. It should have been at least five because of the offensive holding, which was yeah. never, uh, like all the holding and stuff like that. So, but hey, but i'm I mean, feeling confident it'd
1: be good for him probably
2: yeah yeah definitely
1: he got that swagger back i'll tell you that much
2: yeah yeah i <laughs> never and, really
1: uh, left but in uh, it was a in a high supply last week
2: yeah i mean i, I want to give a wee shout out to the, the the interiors as well as well even though statistically they don't have the numbers and stuff like that but when you watch the game film like say a like Tristan Hill is actually playing a really good season so he far. Was, he's yeah. he, he's looking really good. Like and like, so, yeah, also the Zora Never Gallimore and uh, also, and big also uh, no uh, uh, Quentin Bohana, Sorry, uh, big uh, Bohanna. He was getting into his gaps. He was like doing his job. He was like ensuring the running bad doesn't hit those lanes. Like basically, like. Before the big massive play for, from Saquon Barkley last week, which was the 36-yard run for the touchdown, before that, we only managed to keep him down to roughly about 45 yards, give or take, throughout the whole game. That I mean, that's a win itself, and that's all because of the interior defensive line to stop the inside run and had to force Saquon to kind of run more to the outside. So he wasn't going really to gain as much by doing that because likes of LVE and Donovan Wilson and et cetera, we all there waiting for him. So I think we can expect to see more of the same um, for our interiors, like for stopping Antonio Gibson and McKissick and stuff like that. So it'll be very interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, <clears throat> this defense is just taking on a uh, life of its own with Dan Quinn at the helm. So it's been really fun to watch.
2: Yeah, and a wee separate note. I don't know if you may have noticed this, right? and it uh, is Cowboys related. But did you see uh, Des Bryant's tweets the other day? <laughs>
1: um, I've seen a lot of his tweets. I don't know if I, I haven't really been on Twitter. I won't lie to you. Since like,
2: so it. he's 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 actually got a, a, he's he's, <clears throat> he's actually got a bet with Meek uh, Meek Mill right now. Oh, really? Yeah, that they're, they're putting a wager on. Not so much for this game, but I think it's for the Eagles game in a couple of weeks' time.
1: That makes sense.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I think it's like twenty thousand dollars they're putting on each other.
1: That's chill. That's a, I mean, up from his ten k that he's been just putting down and winning back.
2: I'm telling you, it's like every time Des puts a bet on, Cowboys win. So me. yeah, Des, put your money down. We need to see you put. It seems to be a lucky. (laughs) Yeah, no, it seems to be a lucky charm for the Cowboys, like the fact that Des is putting money down. Yeah, and he's and the Cowboys win. So
1: I, I have to say um obviously we loved, you know, Dez 88. He's a great. But Dez the fan is so funny.
2: Oh man, I love it. Like he is 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 went complete like Cowboys fan. Now like yeah. like the, I think it was like um back against the uh, Cincinnati. He was just walking about AT&T Stadium like going through like uh the main um, Mm-hmm. They made Masonette holes and stuff like that, getting some food and meeting some fans. And he actually ended up taking a couple of selfies and that. He's like, hey, man, I'm just here to watch the game. Have a good one to all the fans. Like, I was like, man, that is like if I obviously saw Des Bryant walk past me, I would freak out. I would freak <laughs> the hell out.
1: Yeah, and I love that he's wearing his cowboy hat every week.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and, and not just that. He's shown his support for the current players. He was wearing number seven for Trevon Diggs against right. the Giants and uh, I think he was
1: wearing Micah last the week yeah
2: he was wearing Parsons that's right yeah
1: yeah but I I love that like he's he's so involved he's like he's a great hype man um and like he's obviously very recognizable by the team um he's but it's like Michael Irvin took the route of let me um like you know be on TV. Let me talk about the Cowboys. Like I'll like be the evangelist, even evangelist, whatever for the Cowboys, Um, like out there in the media. But like uh, Des is like, no, I'm, I'm at home. I'm coming to the games. I'm traveling to the games. I want to hang out with the guys. I want to like be with them on the sideline. I want to, you know, give yeah. them our and stuff like that. I love that from him.
2: Yeah. It's like, we've you've got the, <laughs> you've got the one, two punch combination of Michael Irvin and Des Bryan. Like, <laughs> You've got Michael Irvin being on national television, giving it the Cowboys speech. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Then yeah. you've got Des Bryant like being the fan, being amongst it and getting everybody hyped up. Oh, it's yeah. like I was like, what more can you want from your former players to actually still be there and be involved? Like, it's just beautiful to watch. It really is. Like, yeah, and you nothing- can
1: really tell that. I mean, he took a great interest in it when um cd came in the helm and you know took the number 88 and like normally you would think like especially someone who had sights on coming back in the nfl Mm -hmm. um, you would think that you know there might be a little bit of saltiness there not a bit not
2: not one bit bit. he's he's, like there's not not one bit of any selfish tendencies there he's Mm -hmm. so supportive like and he's he's always trying to like he's even trying to help man with stuff like that like and that's what like that's just like in- as a cowboy, as, as Cowboys legend status to me,
1: it is. Yeah, I mean, he was already cemented there for, for a lot of us, but you know, mm-hmm. this does the fan is uh, definitely doing it for anyone that was a doubter.
2: Yep, definitely.
1: Perfect. Well, <clears throat> you guys, we're excited about this game tomorrow. Um, in the meantime, Hall uh, has written you some articles to check out, like we mentioned. Yep. Um so check those out on bloggingtheboys.com and uh make sure that you rate review and subscribe um for blogging the boys anywhere you listen to podcasts. So we bring that to you every single day. Um Paul, where can everyone watch the game with you? Um as it will be a good time for you this tomorrow.
2: Hey, <laughs> so I'll be so you guys can check me out on IMP Stu on Twitter and Instagram. And yes, uh, I'll probably be posting some Instagram stories of my reactions during the game at a more respectable a time. Thank God. Yeah. So, yeah, the Brett Maher winning field goal was pretty much like, I, God, what time did I record that? I must have been <laughs> like uh, three o'clock in the morning or something like that, like 3 a.m. And then I'm here, me screaming my head off, but yeah. So I'll probably be doing some couple of posts and stuff during, during the game and stuff. And
1: you can follow me at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. I actually got back on Twitter this, this game um, since I was not there. So uh, jury's out on if I will be able to tweet tomorrow or not. Uh, There's a chance that I go to that game. And if I am there, I will have zero service. Not that anyone cares, but me. I care. (laughs) Perfect. Well, you guys, uh, we'll catch you next week and uh, go Cowboys.
2: Let's go. How about them Cowboys?
1: How about them?